Hey there, thanks for stopping by and checking out the Seasons Podcast with Riley Winter. I'm Riley, your host, a local portrait photographer in the Black Hills of Rapid City, South Dakota. I specialize in weddings, seniors, families, and headshots. I have been so lucky and blessed these last eight years of business, having met and photographed so many people along the way. I believe photos tell the story of a day, hopefully giving you a glimpse in that moment of time. But not everyone gets to know the personal stories of those I photograph, like I do. They see a beautiful portrait of someone or a couple on their wedding day, but maybe they don't get to know that person, who they are, the struggles they have, or the stories of how they got to where they are today. So I wanted to give and create a space to tell the stories of those I've met, to hear their point of view and see what season of life they're in now. I have a list of fascinating people and conversations ahead, so I hope you tag along and maybe one or more of these topics will relate to you in your journey. Again, this is Riley Winter, The Seasons Podcast. You know, since I started this podcast, many times I have been asked the question, well, what made you start this podcast? Or what's your goal in doing this? And I totally understand it. It's a valid question. Uh, A podcast is completely out of my realm of what I have done professionally or creatively. And already the last few weeks, I have had some really great conversations about both professional and personal topics. I just think It's about having conversations with people that I know or have met along the way. And hopefully um, these conversations can help others connect through experiences or a new mindset or a different perspective um, for them on something that they hadn't thought about before. My guest today is my wife, Megan Winter. We have experienced so much life together and I wanted to share a little bit about our story this past year, the highs and lows and I wanted to give a little glimpse into the winter home. So thanks for listening. Well, not much prep for today's convo. I mean, we moved from the living room to my office. Yes, we did. (laughs) Guys, today my guest is a super special one. My guest is my beautiful wife, Megan. I can't, you are unsure about being here today, correct? Correct. Are you excited or? Yes. Okay. Definitely going on my comfort zone. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's going to be a different one. Um, don't be nervous. It's just you and I basically in a room full of people listening to everything we're saying. Thank you. <laughs> now, obviously, I know all about you and many people listening A lot of them know about you, but I'm sure there's a few that don't. You were born and raised in Rapid City. Yes, I was. You are the second eldest. You have one older sister and two younger brothers. Yes. Tell everyone about all the different schools you went to. From, like, beginning? Yeah. Well, I went to kindergarten at Robbinsdale. And then we... For a year, went to Zion Lutheran. So my first grade year, I was at Zion Lutheran. Right. Um, and then we switched back to Robbinsdale. Mm-hmm. And then I did sixth and seventh grade at South Middle School. Mm-hmm. And then my family moved to the other side of the city. And mm-hmm. so we then went to West Middle School, or I should say I did. Mm-hmm. And then I did two years at Stevens High School. Right. And then I decided I was going to switch it up. And then I finished my high school at Central High School, graduating in 2015. Okay. Two years at Stevens, two years at Central. Correct. Growing up, you and your family always had a lot of pets, different kinds. Um, (laughs) You had dogs and your sister had cats and you had a lizard and... We've had turtles, we've had frogs, mm-hmm. ducks, chickens. Yeah. It was a lot of fun growing up. You yeah. Know, we are definitely animal lovers. Yeah. Always, always something. I think you were precious in all your baby pictures and your toddler ones, especially the straight across bangs and the chubby cheeks. And I loved your pictures with your little shoes, your <laughs> little white shoes. <laughs> Nothing to say to that. I don't. <laughs> what, are there, what other things about growing up do you remember? Some fun things. Um, 
feel like we stayed very busy. Yeah. Um, you know, between having friends that lived close and you would just mm-hmm. walk down the block and hang out with them or yeah. Jessica and I babysat the boys a lot, Noah and Ben. Your little brothers, yeah. Correct. And... That kept us very busy, too. Yes. There's a big age difference between you girls and the boys, and so you had to watch them a lot. Yeah. Especially in the summertime, we did. Yeah. Um, I think that might have bonded us. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, it did. I'm sure. Um, A couple fun facts that I wrote down um, that came to mind right away for everyone to get a little idea about you if they don't know you. Oh, dear. (laughs) Mexican is probably your favorite meal, your first choice if we're going out to eat. Correct. Que pasa and margaritas, that's you. I will never turn down a good Mexican meal. Right. You're allergic to everything, cats, dogs, outside, basically everything. I mean, that's something we both have in common. Yes. They rear up wherever we go, pretty much. Yep. It's unfair how you get tan in about five minutes being in the sun during the summer. Um, A tan that most people take an entire summer to achieve, you get in five minutes. Very blessed in that aspect. Yeah, yeah, very blessed while the rest of us take all summer. Plants are basically your love language. You love plants, and Jolly Lane Greenhouse is one of your favorite places. I should own stock. <laughs> I should own stock at this point. <laughs> Our house has a ridiculous amount of plants. I mean, what are we at now? We're in oh, the 20s. Probably, yes. Yeah, just like my Uncle Brad, you love plants, and I wonder what the limit is for you. I don't necessarily think that there is one. I don't think so, huh? I think we have many rooms in this house that could still use some. (laughs) I do remember when we first started dating Mm -hmm. and you had fake plants and I thought the audacity. (laughs) You thought that was a sin. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, you love bunnies. We have one ourselves. Her name is Abilene. Yes. (laughs) Tell everyone about Abby. She's an odd one. She is odd. Yeah. Um, got her last May. Mm-hmm. Very tiny, black, fluffy bunny. Mm-hmm. Ever since we've gotten her, she does not like to be held. Correct. Which was very disappointing. No. Um, or, yeah, she doesn't like us to touch her. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if we just kind of like give her her space, she does come up and yeah. she'll still interact with us but for some reason she just does not like to be held right she likes us to pet her and and she likes snacks and she likes to interact with us and be near us she just doesn't like us to hold her which like you said is not what we envisioned when we got her but she is a unique one i love her we we (laughs) go to the grocery store sometimes just to buy her fresh (laughs) broccoli or parsley or kale yes she's very Spoiled. spoiled yes your celebrity crush and pass is Matthew McConaughey. Anything to say on that? 100%. Okay. Well, okay. Well, any Lincoln commercial that comes on, your attention is right there. He aged like fine wine. Mm, okay. Your favorite colors are purple and yellow? Yes. But not to wear. Those are just kind of your favorite colors for things. You prefer to wear more neutrals and stuff like that, but definitely your favorite colors in life are... Purple and yellow, right? Yes, yellow probably being my favorite. Okay. The entire almost six years that we've been together, I have never seen you wear a skirt. (laughs) Lots of dresses um, and, of course, fun tops and pants, but I have never seen you wear a skirt. I just feel like skirts aren't for me. Well, that's okay. It's kind of silly with the amount of dresses you wear, but if you don't like a skirt, then that's fine. They are very different. Okay. You have an incredible gift of finding new artists and songs, usually long before they become mainstream. I do enjoy music. Yeah. Um, that's another thing not everybody probably knows about me. I did grow up yes. being fascinated with music. And in fifth grade, I did start um, playing an instrument, and I did choose the flute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked very hard at being good at music, and so I did that all the way up into my senior year of high school Mm -hmm. and so music has just always been a very big part of my life Mm -hmm. and you were first chair first chair for many years in band yes definitely um like in middle school and middle school I made the all-state band and then high school they do band kind of differently freshman 
you're in your own band. And then once you become a sophomore, then tryouts happen. And I did make it into the symphonic band as a sophomore, and right. I was second chair. Yeah. Which was pretty good, being a sophomore yep. right up there yep. with some of the yeah. best musicians yes. in the school. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that about you, that you played that for many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played at my church for many years as well mm-hmm. during different... Um, Concerts or events or stuff going on at the church. Yeah. 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 Your feet are always cold and you never wear socks. I think the world needs to know that. <laughs> Nothing to say to that? <laughs> We're going right in, aren't we? I feel attacked. I do. <laughs> You love baths, but you hate when your hands get pruny, so they're usually not long baths. They are hot, short ones. Uh, yeah. This is correct. This yeah. is correct. That's just a statement I wanted to let her know. Your hands can't get pruny, which kind of relates to you have this idea that you're in love with tropical vacations, but the one and only time we were at the ocean, you were not a fan in Hawaii. I, I mean, I don't mind being near water or anything like that. Right. Um, that was my first experience being mm. in the ocean. Yep. And I feel like I have an irrational fear of sharks. Or <laughs> <laughs> And I also am not a huge fan of water. I do feel like it can be very dangerous. Yeah. And it scares uh, me. you're about five foot one. one. We lied on our driver's license, but yeah, we're about five foot one, and so the waves definitely knocked you down a lot, and that probably tainted your experience on the ocean a little bit. Yes, and in high school, my childhood friend and I, I think we thought we were invincible, Mm. and and we had a very scary experience with the Rapid Creek up at um, Pipeline. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a summer where we had had a lot of rain, yes. and so people were supposed to avoid that area because of how high the water was. Naturally, you two go in it. So. Correct, mm, and it swept okay. us, and <laughs> she is a lot taller than I am, yes. and I think that's an experience that really changed how I felt about water yes. after that. Cause yeah. You're very hesitant. Uh, even our lakes and boats and stuff, you're a little yes. iffy. Um, a fun question for you. If you could have dinner with five people, living or dead, who would they be? Oh, goodness. <laughs> living or dead? hmm Well, I mean, Matthew. He's... Okay, there's your one. Your first seat is Matthew. <laughs> I think Bethany Frankel. She would be a fun one to have, too. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the things she does with her life and her fashion so i think we'd have great conversation in regards to Mm -hmm. a dinner yeah last year i bought you a cameo for your birthday from her she gave you a personal shout out and sent us a video that was cool yes it was five five's a lot probably sarah your favorite vlogger sarah from sarah's day yes i would have to agree on that one yeah we got matthew bethany sarah I think it would also be fun, I guess, to get to know or interact with some of the artists out there like Post Malone or just because I feel like they're wild. Mm -hmm. They just live life so differently than Mm -hmm. just our average lives. Yep. I don't know. Maybe I'll throw in Betty White. Oh. (laughs) R.I.P. Okay. We're a little similar. I'll tell you mine, but my table's bigger. Um, So my guess would be Post Malone, Jennifer Aniston, Cardi B, my favorite photographer of all time, Annie Leibovitz, Henry VIII, Machine Gun Kelly, Bethany Frankel, Kevin Costner, and Jennifer Lopez. So just have a bigger table than you. Yeah, you better be asking for a reservation. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said earlier, you went to Stevens for two years, and then your junior and senior years were at Central High School here in Rapid. Following high school, you briefly thought about going to join the Army. Yes, what a past life that was. <laughs> you were determined that summer. You thought you were going to go. I was. I was all ready and geared up. I had been working out very hard so that I could, you know, pass all of the physical tests. Right. And I think it was a week prior to when I was supposed to actually be leaving mm-hmm. that I kind of changed my plans yep last minute you changed to go to bhsu black hill state university 
Um, today you are a nurse here in Rapid City. Um, like I said, you went to BH for your generals and then the USD nursing program here in Rapid. Looking back now, what are some of your thoughts or reflections on the nursing program? It's definitely a program for... Not for the ill at mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm trying to explain that, but... Not for the faint of heart, yeah. You know, you have to be willing to fail right. and move on from that. Right. Um, the nursing program, I think, really shaped me into the nurse that I am. Right. Um, you know, that's the thing with healthcare, whether you're a nurse, if a physician, mm-hmm. a therapist, you know, one person can pre- present with a, a disease and another person can come in with that same disease and they might mm-hmm. not present same symptoms with the and, same symptoms. Yeah. And so you have to be kind of ready to always expect something different. Right. Um, and really a lot of critical thinking happens in the healthcare field. Right. After graduating, your first job was on PCU, the Progressive Care Unit at our local hospital, which is long-term serious illness, drug and alcohol overdose and withdrawal, organ failure, amputee recovery. Um, What do you think, looking back on that time there? I'm definitely very fortunate and grateful for that experience. I feel like I really gained so much knowledge, Mm -hmm. um, especially being a new grad nurse. Yep. You just learned so much. I felt like I was always absorbing. Every day was different. New, yes. Um, And I also, that's where I met a lot of other great nurses who to this day I call friends. And many were at our wedding. And many were at our wedding. And I would not um, take that back. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't have met a lot of them had you not been on that floor. And they're really great friends today. This past year, you switched to the dermatology clinic. I know you've loved it ever since. You have a lot of fun days there and, of course, some hard ones, but overall, you enjoy it much more than your previous position. Tell everyone a few things that you love about the derm, dermatology department. One thing I don't know if everybody knows about me, I have always had an interest in dermatology. Mm-hmm. I always kind of thought that that's somewhere that I would eventually end up. Mm -hmm. Um, I just never realized it was going to be as soon as it did in my nursing career. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. Mm -hmm. The staff that I work with um, are all great. We are a very good team. Make sure to help one another when somebody is struggling or running behind. Um, I kind of am one of the nurses that they kind of have float around a lot and be with the different physicians. We have three physicians at our dermatology clinic through Monument. Mm -hmm. Um, Primarily, I work with one. Dr. Dr. Siri Knudsen-Larsen. Yes. Um, And she's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I've really grown to appreciate her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's fun because I think when people think of dermatology, they just immediately think that, oh, it's just cosmetic. Yeah, or it's just acne. It's just acne. It's just cosmetic. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I do enjoy about our clinic is it's both medical and cosmetic. Yeah. So you get a nice mixture of the two. Um, We do a lot of surgeries, Mm -hmm. which I did not realize I would be into. Yeah. And I have really grown to love the surgical aspect of it. Yeah. Um, And like I said, it's fun because we have have lasers, we have Botox and Mm -hmm. filler and you know so many different things that we can provide to our patients and you know mm-hmm. people go to get a haircut to feel good about themselves why can't yeah they do other things cosmetically to enjoy how they look and how they feel right that's very important but i also think uh, i think you would agree and of course dr siri knutson larson would think that also number one is um uh, cancer prevention and monitoring of skin moles condition like that too. Um, that's yes. number one, but yes, like you said, all those other things are certainly services that, um, happen there. Um, but yes, majority of your guys' day is skincare and yeah. Correct. 
One question we're always asked is, how long have you two known each other? Uh, just the other day, I had a skin check at your office, and uh, Dr. Siri uh, asked me the same thing. I said, we're going on about six years of being together now, but we had talked on and off for like three years prior to that. Yes. <laughs> Tell everyone what you remember about how we first started talking and how old we were. So I would have been a junior in high school at that time Yeah. Um, when we first started to talk and interact with one another. I think at first, and I had mentioned this in my vows, mm-hmm. I 100% thought that it was just a prank. <laughs> um, I thought, what in the world is Riley Winter, who is now some college guy, <laughs> reaching out to me? okay (laughs) yeah i know you thought it was a joke well it wasn't (laughs) well i would hope not or what am i doing what are we doing here (laughs) yes uh you know i remember when i first saw you as of course uh a stevens central basketball game at central's gym you were a cheerleader throughout high school um a freshman cheerleader i was a senior front row since you are so small, you were a flyer, which is the top of the pyramid. And I remember seeing you, and I just never forgot about you. And like you said, it wasn't until a couple years later that we started talking. Um, <laughs> we would hang out now and then, but like you said, it was, a, it was a bit of an age difference, a different chapter in each of our lives. So I think we both respected that, that we were both kind of in a different phase, but we still like to hang out now and then. <laughs> One time, my parents were camping, and you came up to our house... <laughs> They had just gotten uh, a new puppy, Griffin, and uh, remember we said earlier, you're very allergic to everything, and uh, you and I were making out, and uh, old Griff made you have a allergy attack, and your eyes started swelling up, and... I think my right eye almost was swollen shut. <laughs> yep, yep, I know you were thoroughly embarrassed that day, correct? <laughs> Yes, you had to get me a Benadryl. <laughs> if I, yeah, if my memory serves me, just right. really hot. Here's a Benadryl. <laughs> yeah, I remember Beautiful. leaving that night thinking, "You have got to be kidding me." <laughs> you you thought we were never talking again? Definitely. <laughs> uh, like we said, we kind of talked on and off for a few years there. And we were talking a little bit before that summer of your freshman year of college at BH, my senior year there. Um, when we got to school that semester, we didn't really talk at all. And never we never saw each other on campus, which was never. weird. Um, and then you got yourself a boyfriend <laughs> that fall. And you and I didn't speak again until, well, February after you guys had broken up. And you and I kind of reconnected, started talking, and... Long story short, you came over uh, and hung out, and we've been together ever since. That was March of 2016, and we've experienced a lot of life together, I think you'd agree, since Mm then. Um, You got yourself through nursing school. Uh, I snagged our first house. We both got new cars, lots of holidays with family, fun trips, and made a lot of new friends in between since 2016. Amidst the pandemic, in March of 2020, I took you to your favorite place, Jolly Lane Greenhouse, on our anniversary, and that's where um, I asked you to marry me, in the Rose Garden Greenhouse there. I had asked our friend Kelsey of Natural Escape Photography um, ahead of time to be there, and she captured the whole thing, and you thought that I was never going to pop the question. I don't know if it was that you were never going to do it. I just felt like it was going to, it was just dragging on. <laughs> you just didn't, at that point, you're like, who knows when. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were together for like four years. Four years, yeah. yeah. You didn't think that was going to happen? Like I said, I think I think I knew it was going to happen, or at least I had the dream that it was going to. I just felt like it was, felt like I had known you for so long and you had already been a part of my life for so long. Yeah. That it just seemed like, when's he going to do it? (laughs) We had a lot happen during our engagement. Planning overall was pretty easy, of course, but 
uh, of course, when planning a wedding, there's a lot of opinions, a lot of cooks in the kitchen, which makes it a challenge. Uh, COVID certainly didn't help anything over the course of 2020, you know, with getting things taken care of. The remaining of your nursing school uh, was canceled and moved online for your last semester. We had to travel to North Dakota for your nursing exam. There was a fire in our neighborhood <laughs> that we had to evacuate for. Um, we grabbed your wedding dress, which I, of course, had not seen. It was in the bag. Grabbed your wedding dress, some photos, our fish, and, of course, your plants, and we had to get out. So it was a lot, don't you think? Yes. For the first five, six months of our engagement was a lot to deal yes. with. Any very comments stress. on it? Oh, okay. It was stressful. very stressful, <laughs> and... Um, I think there was just so much uncertainty at that time with COVID still being so new Yeah, that that just kind of added more stress and more, well, what are we going to do? Right. Right. Because we, yeah, we had no idea and weren't even sure what was going to happen with our wedding, of course, the following year and, you know, everything was being canceled left and right. So... Um, overall, we had a really easy planning process just because I know a lot of the wedding vendor friends. Um, we shared the same ideas and tastes and things, so it was easy for us to make decisions. Don't you think? Decor was, and style and stuff like that. I think it definitely helped with what we envisioned because mm-hmm. um, we were always on the same page. Yeah. Whether it was colors or just the whole vibe, I feel like, of the wedding. Right. And I think something that we both strived for was for it just to be a day that we, of course, celebrated and got to enjoy, but also that all of our guests mm-hmm. could just come and enjoy this day with yep. us. Yep, yep. We were married this past summer in 2021 on July 10th. It was the best day of my life. We had about... 280 uh, guests there. Weather was beautiful. It could have been way, way hotter than what it was in July. And we didn't have any rain, which was good. We had a few clouds that day too. Our colors were basically neutrals. You wanted white orchids for your bouquet and some accent flowers. We had the best vendors in the area, all wonderful friends of ours as well. The absolute best wedding reception, I think. A lot of dancing. Um... A lot of people on the dance floor, which was fun. Looking back when it's all done, what advice would you give, having been a bride, what would you give any brides looking back? I think it's just a simple answer that at the end of the day, whether it rains Mm -hmm. or the cake doesn't turn out right or, you know, if, if something happens at the end of the day, you just have to remember that the only important thing is that you're going to walk down that aisle Mm -hmm. and the love of your life is waiting there yeah. and you're going to get married. Yeah. I mean, a wedding is just kind of a big celebration of the two of you. Mm-hmm. And you just have to remember that it's okay if something goes wrong because right. your main focus should be on the fact that you're getting married. Yeah, I agree. That's what I always, you know, I always tell um, my bride and grooms that, you know, Cake could fall, someone could be late, someone could be upset, uh, you know, could be terrible weather that day, and it really, it really doesn't matter. I mean, even for, from my aspect as a photographer, if it all was horrible, we'll do one other day, we'll all get dressed up, I'll pay for your hair and makeup again, I'll ask the florist to remake your bouquet, and we'll go do photos again, you know, but the day of is really just about you too. I think that's most important. Yes. After the wedding, um, our lives got a little crazy. We had been in our little red house for almost four years. Um, I purchased our first house uh, when I was 24, and you uh, were just starting nursing school. So um, it was over on the west side of town. But after the wedding, we knew we would outgrow it fast. We knew we would like to have kids someday, and our house was... Super nice, but a little tight. And our our outlook for kids was we're open to having them whenever it happens, you know. And we both had graduated college, uh, got good jobs, uh, got married. So we were open to kids whenever. 
So we started our house hunt with our friends TJ and Angelica, Angelica who was on last week's episode. We toured many houses, lost out on two or three offers. We were, we, our first house on the west side of town and we both said that we'd stay in our little red house forever if we didn't find the right one, um, you know, that we weren't going to settle. And in early October, a house six houses up from our little house went up for sale. And I went and looked with TJ and Angelica while you were at work and I loved it. And we got, we got you in there that night and we shot them an offer and they came back the next day and countered, we countered again and we inevitably got it. What do you think about the house buying process? It's kind of crazy right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that it was going to be that crazy and you kind of have to jump on something if you do love it and you right. want it. Because this um, was your first time buying a home. In, yes, yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing with that is I, I'm glad that we just didn't jump on whatever was thrown at us mm-hmm. and we actually took the time to go through our different options and then it led us to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got the house and it, it had to be a fast deal, a fast close because the sellers were needing to move to their house in three to four weeks. So everything was kind of put on fast forward. Um, the process had to be expedited. So um, we had planned to keep our house um, a, as a rental. So we didn't need to sell ours right away. So uh, the, you know, the sellers were lucky in that aspect that we didn't really have any time constraints. And we didn't tell any of our friends right away because we thought we'd surprise them and have them over and just say, hey, oh, come over for dinner or drinks and then somehow like surprise them at the new house. So we didn't tell any of them right away. A few, a few weeks later, uh, I had to, I had a, I had shot a wedding on a Saturday with my assistant and friend Jenna and she and her husband have been trying to start a family for a while now. And so she and I were talking about that at the wedding. Um, she has been incredibly brave about talking about her process uh, and, and some of their struggles about getting pregnant. And so she was hopeful that one of their treatments had worked. And that Monday following uh, the wedding, she had texted me. Well, first, first that Monday following the wedding, my friend Marek had texted me and said that our friend Joanne from Black Hills Receptions, that she had passed away. I was incredibly close to her and I was a mess in my office that day, just sobbing. And then Jenna texted me and she said she had had a miscarriage and so I was bawling in my office even more. When you got home, you knew I'd had a bad day. And so you gave me a hug in my office and you were going to go start cooking dinner. A little while later, you said it was ready. And so I came down and came out and sat down and you came around the corner and you handed me um, a pregnancy test and in Sharpie, it had said, hi, dad. And at first I was in shock and you'd, <laughs> you had secretly gotten it all in video. <laughs> and I, first I know I was in shock and I, I had like a 10 minute like mental freak out thinking we had just gotten this new house and thought, oh boy, here we go. Got a new house, got a pregnant wife, don't freak out. <laughs> I know you like saw it on my face, right? Definitely. I was concerned. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. This is not how this was supposed to go. But then I also had to remember that you had had the day that you had had. So I think it was just... But you didn't want to keep it anymore. I didn't want to keep that that to myself. And I... One thing about me is like, I cannot hide anything. I cannot tell any lies. So I knew that I couldn't keep that to myself. Right. So I think you just had so many different emotions and so much just like going on in your head. I could just see your wheels turning. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and later that night we were, of course, joking around and laughing and laughing, sitting on the couch and, you know, our, our new house uh, has three bedrooms uh, upstairs and one down and we knew one was going to be our office. And so we, you know, talking about what we were going to do with the baby's room and what colors and what themes and stuff like that. And I went to bed that night thinking of Joanne and I thought, you know, that's pretty beautiful that one life is ending and another's beginning and I thought of it almost like a goodbye gift from her, you know? Uh, we, we had a lot going on in the next few weeks, of course, uh, the fast closing of the house. We knew we wanted to paint everything at the new house because it was a horrible gray color. <laughs> they thought it was gray. It was really baby blue. Uh, throughout the whole house and I had to be in Mexico for two out of the three weeks coming up to shoot weddings. These two fall Mexico weddings had been planned for a long time, both personal friends of mine. Uh, one day you were at work and something didn't feel right. And uh, you told me that you didn't feel good at work, right? Yes. And I said, we should probably go to the urgent care after work. Make sure everything's okay. We were at the urgent care and I knew the nurse practitioner. And she came in very calmly and the staff there was great. And, sh and she came in very calmly and said, I need you two to go to the emergency room right now. I'm calling ahead to tell them you're on your way. And to me, I mean, I know how, terrifi how terrified I was at that point. Uh, my brand new wife is pregnant and we're being sent to the emergency room. What, what were your thoughts at that time? I think at that time I had a lot of thoughts racing through my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a nurse, and so mm -hmm. I knew all of the things that she was saying, and mm -hmm. I knew that there was a possibility of all of the different things that she was saying, mm -hmm. and yet I still couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah, different to be in that moment. For it's sure. different to be the patient. Yeah, I, I think um, we both agree that the emergency room was a long and kind of blurred process. Uh, we'd got there at like 7.30. It's... It's always a long process in the, in the emergency room, and I know that they're doing their best. Um, the staff was wonderful, but at the end, the doctor came in and said, I can't be certain um, until the next few days. She was wonderful. She said, you know, I can't be certain until the next few days, but you may be having a miscarriage. And we won't know until later this week if certain levels are the same or not. And so later that week, we had to get some more tests done. And it had confirmed that we had had a miscarriage. Uh, that week was filled with a lot of tears. A lot of crying and, you know, just not a lot of, of words spoken because I don't know, we didn't really have anything to say. We had to go to a party at our friends uh, Cody and Joe's house um, that Saturday. We we hadn't told anyone I was not feeling it. And you said, I think it would be a good idea for us to go and get our mind off things. And so we went. We were having a lot of fun. Their son, RJ, is our godson. And so Cody, I remember, was getting the door for greeting guests. And Joe was in the kitchen. And RJ was getting fussy and... I just grabbed him and, you know, make sure he wasn't crying. And, and I looked over at you and you looked at me and, and I just knew then that you seeing me hold him, that you just shut down in that moment. And so our roles had kind of switched, you know, I was starting to have fun and loosen up and you, you, you shut down at that moment. I went to see our friend Sharon, uh, Sharon from episode two. 
at Morningstar Visions. I went to go see Sharon a few weeks later, a few days later, excuse me, because I was a mess. And I told her what had happened. And of course, a lot of tears. After a lot of tears, she told me what I needed to hear. And later she said the same thing to you. It took me a couple months until I was able to bring myself to see her and to talk about the experience. Yeah. You and I are a little different in that aspect. Um, I need to talk about it right away and you take a little while to process. Um, Takes a little coaxing to get you to talk about some things. Um, She said to me and then later said to you after you went to go visit her, she said, you know... I need you to know that you and Megan were parents. That she was a mom and that you were a dad. And for that short time, that that little person or that little spirit, that the short time that they were here, that you two were everything to them. And you were their entire world. And even though they're gone now, that they are always with you. And that they are a part of you and that they're always beside you. A little later, I had to go to uh, the first of two Mexico weddings. Um, The bride and groom, both personal friends of mine and Uh, our friend Emily was a bridesmaid in that wedding and you know of course at that time it it killed me to have to leave you you know flights were a nightmare uh, with everything going on in the world and and I have really bad flight anxiety there was a mother holding a baby in front of me on the plane and I was just sobbing in my seat and when I finally made it I met Emily in the cafeteria of the resort the next morning and she walked in and I just, I, I burst into tears. And now she thought that I was coming down from my bad flight anxiety. And she, you know, she was like, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, you made it. It's fine. And I said, and that's when I, you know, I broke down and uh, told her everything that happened. Um, when, when I was gone, I know you... And I was glad that you did. You opened up to some of our friends. I know you opened up to Kat and Jojo and Sid um, at, at different times. Um, what what were you thinking then? I think at that point I just had to talk to other people. Yeah. Whether they knew what that was like to go through something like that. Um, or not, but just to have somebody be there and listen, mm-hmm. I think is what I really needed yeah. at the time. Yeah. And they were all wonderful in their own ways yeah. in how they reacted and how they were there for mm-hmm. myself and for you. Yeah. I don't think that when anybody is told news like that, yeah, they know what to say. Right. And you can just see the sadness, like, immediately on their face. Mm-hmm. And you just know that their their heart goes out to you. Yeah. Whether they know what to say or not. Right. Uh, after I'd got back, you know, again, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, we were painting at the new house. Uh, we still hadn't told anyone about the new house because I think the overall excitement of it um, was kind of diminished for that time. Uh, you and I are incredibly private and that's something um, I, I, we, we just have. We've gotten more and more private over the last few years. You know, our circle's gotten smaller. And so I, I was really glad that you did not keep it bottled up for too long that you had told some of the girls, you know, what was going on. Um, I certainly kept it private for a lot longer than other things in the past that I normally would have told friends right away. Um, um, The first person I told was 
uh, our friend Kari. She's someone I've known my whole life. Um, she's an incredibly calm person and I think it was important for me to tell her first just because she's just one of those people that uh, understands right away and can just be there and listen. One evening I went to dinner with two of my best friends, Brady and Cody, and to tell your friends, like, something like that happened, that's just, like you said, it's hard, you know? Um, your friends don't know what to say, and them to listen is just a, a gift in itself. That's uh, they, they were there for us exactly how we needed them to be. Uh, and, and, I, you know, both, we were thankful for that. I think it's funny, too, um, which people we need in life at what particular times. I know you really leaned on uh, Dr. Siri Knutson-Larsen at work and um, some of your other friends, nursing friends, Kim and Emily and everyone else there. The girls were there for you at work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just in conversation, it just seemed like you know, some of them shared information with you, other stories or experiences that, you know, they know that uh, of other people who have gone through this as well. And it ended up being much more common than we realized, right? Through conversation with other people. Yes. You know, uh, one of the few people that I shared it with right away was uh, TJ and Angelica and... and um, my friend Nikki work and you know I think it's just funny how friends different friends are needed at certain times certain seasons for certain things you know um which is okay certain friends uh you know you just need them for certain things after we experienced all that um I know afterwards you felt really angry what were you thinking at that time? I think at that time I was going through a stage of grief, which anger is a stage of grief. Mm-hmm. And um, I had, and I still have, good days and I have bad days. Yeah. I was angry at the fact that I felt like it was something that I couldn't control. Yeah. And it was taken away from us. Yeah. I felt angry that my body didn't do what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was angry with God mm-hmm. and I can openly talk about that. I had numerous conversations during my prayers. Yeah. Because I couldn't understand why something like that happened to myself or why it happens to anybody. Right. Because nobody prepares you for a loss like that. Yeah. Um, and it's also something that not everybody talks about. And I feel like it's it's something that needs to be talked about more often. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't think... Anything in life, whether it's health class or other experiences from people and they're teaching you or telling you stories, nothing prepares you for yeah. for that. You're not taught that that's such a possibility. Yeah. And being, I know some people might think like, well, you're a nurse. Why, mm-hmm. why did you never think that that yeah. could be a possibility for you too? Right. Um, but it's just so much different when you're the one going through it. Yeah. And my heart just goes out to any other couples or women out there that have also experienced that. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. I think I also had to really come to the realization that I was finding myself being angry when I would see other people mm-hmm. share their announcement that they were expecting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or I found myself being very angry at friends mm-hmm. who already have beautiful children. Yeah. Beautiful, healthy children that they get to experience life with. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just a stage that I went through. Because at the end of the day, I love all those friends. And I'm very yeah. happy for anyone out there that is expecting. Yeah. I think it, it just came from a place where I was so devastated that I wasn't knowing how to appropriately place that anger. Yeah. And none of those friends really even knew that yeah. I was even going through those feelings because I'm not going to just openly be like, I'm mad at yeah. you for something yeah. that you, you can't, Yeah, that I have no right to be mad at you for, yeah. if which that is makes weird, any sense. Which is a weird process to, uh, like you said, to understand, um, to be mad about something. You can't be mad at them for something that they didn't do, you know. But I agree with you. You know, I I was certainly mad at the world. I was mad at myself for my lack of education. I know you had at least that slight benefit of being a nurse. And like you said, you never thought that something like that would happen to you or, or to us. Uh, and, you know, I was mad that <laughs> there's only one semester of personal finance in high school where you learn to balance a checkbook and there's no class in life on financial planning that you're required to take and there's no class on investments there's no class on how to buy a house uh you had you have the pythagorean theorem beat into your head in math class that today i never use but there's no class on when you finally get your boxes checked in life there's no class on when you're ready to start a family there's no class or warning, letting you know that one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. Or that even if you're young and in your 20s and did everything by the book, that it could still be a hard challenge to start a family. And looking back now, I know that I was in the wrong for thinking that. But at the time, I felt that this was life coming to cash in. That I had been blessed with such a wonderful career, a blessed home and surroundings. And I felt that life was coming to cash in and that this was the price that I had to pay for the life I have now. Which I know, looking back, that's just wrong and that's anger and grief coming over your mind. But I thought at the time, like, this is what the price of my life is, is that I had that this is what I had to pay. And I know that's wrong now talking with you, uh, talking with Sharon. You know, no one tries to be a a young parent. Um, Most people don't try to have a baby when they're 18, um, to try and have a few things together in life before then, uh, try and get a few things ready before you start a family. And when you're finally ready to start a family and, and nothing's happening, it's one of the worst feelings to have. It's a feeling that neither you or I have ever felt before or that our minds have never comprehended that um, it's just tough, you know? Uh, I know you, like you said, as, as a woman, blame yourself and, and your body, and which is not fair either. It's nothing that you did. Um, and for me, as, as your husband, I get mad because for the first time in my life that I can't do anything you know I, I can't I can't do anything to fix it you know I can't I can't go somewhere or I can't buy anything or I can't make it happen I can't do anything that makes something happen that we want so bad to and I just feel like my hands are tied sometimes you know uh, we, we met with a, a doctor and we both really like her. And, um, you know, I think that conversation with her, um, we'll keep a little private between us, but, um, overall we, we would like to have children and hope that God blesses us with that. But 
we understand if it might be a challenge, right? Yeah. I think that we have had numerous conversations amongst one another in the fact that maybe that's just not something that's going to happen right now. anytime soon. Yep. And there's also that possibility that it may never happen. Yeah. And we have had very real, authentic conversations that if we continue to struggle with that new or that next chapter in our Mm -hmm. lives together, that there are other possibilities. Right. And we've, we've openly talked about those. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that's very important that we can have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important too for anyone else who's listening, who has gone through a similar experience in the past, or maybe you're currently going through one, that it's okay to be angry. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel every emotion that you're feeling Mm -hmm. and that you're not alone. Right. I think like you said, it's, it's easy to be mad and angry at other people, friends, uh, co-workers or classmates that you see um, you know we live in an age where every day you log on to Facebook and Instagram and it seems like someone's announcing their pregnancy and of course we're happy for them but like we said we'd, we'd be lying if we're not jealous and and for me you know every single one of my August and September 2020 couples within three or four months after their their weddings one after another all like eight of those couples now have you know babies that are close to a year you know around there and i i naively thought that that would be us right away you know because i have so many examples of couples starting families in my life that i see every day but obviously god has a different plan for us right now and i think what's most important here is like you said many people are going through the same thing Um, I know many of my own couples who have been married for a few years now and want a family more than anything uh, like we do. And, you know, it's just not happening. And so that's a struggle for those people. And my heart is with them. I feel like we joined a club that we didn't want to join. And one thing you and I have talked about is we get asked a lot, um, the question, when are you going to have kids? And even before we got married, I've always thought that this is just a question that is worded a little wrong sometimes. And I don't think people mean to, you know, it's just a general question. But um, I, the last few years, um, have asked, changed the wording on that. And I say, would you like to have children? Not when, it's would you like to have children? Because they can answer that if you'd like children or not. And that's all you need to know, you know? Um, I just feel like that's a little more appropriate question, don't you? I do. And like you said, I think that when people ask that question, they're not trying to... Not at all. ...have it be in a negative way at all. Um, But I agree they don't know exactly what that couple may be going through. Yeah. Or maybe they have decided that that's not what they see their future totally. yeah. being or looking like. And I feel like in the world that we live in now, it's just so much different than how many years ago. Right. Where just because you get married and you're young doesn't mean that that's the path that everybody goes down right or in a situation like us i know that none of my patients or any friends or relatives when they ask that they're not trying to trigger anything or mm-hmm. like i said they don't mean it to be something right. as a bad question right but i feel that like when i am asked that question just a little piece so, of me just breaks yeah, again it's a little over and over again. Yeah. 
And one thing too, when we had recently found out about the miscarriage, a couple people had asked, well, were you trying? Yeah. And I think that that's something that really upset me because whether we were or we weren't, Mm -hmm. I don't see why that matters. Right. Because you can tell that we're hurting. Yep. You can tell that this has become a loss for us now. Mm -hmm. And so one piece of advice that I could offer is that if you know anybody that's going through that, please don't ask them that. If they were trying. Yes. Yeah, I think that's something you and I both agree with. And and I think obviously that's a very different opinion for many people as to um, their level of investment in how far they are on a pregnancy. And that is um, a, a mental or emotional belief. And that could be someone that is a few weeks or maybe seven months into their pregnancy. It, it hurts just as bad, you know? Um, I, I agree. I think, you know, what, what a silly question, you know, were you trying? Well, what if I tell you no? What are you going to say? You know, I mean, that doesn't make it any better that a person's body goes through something or that a couple goes through that in their marriage. It's, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I agree with you. I think that's a, that's a tough question that I hope people quit um, asking. I know you've had your hard days, but you have come a long ways since those last few months. Um, you are an incredible nurse and friend and wife. What, what, uh, what dreams do you have for your future? I hope to see us have the opportunity to start a family, whether it is one of our own biologically, or if we ever have to adopt. Mm -hmm. Um, I see for my future as well, just continuing to grow in my nursing career and always striving to be a better nurse and care for my patients better each and every day. Um, I enjoy to travel and experience things and be outdoors. Yeah. So I see a lot of traveling in our future as well. Yeah. Hopefully you're packing your bag and joining me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think too, just in the future, it's, I think we all take life for granted so much, whether we are in our twenties or younger or older than that, um, We're not all guaranteed a tomorrow. And so I'm not saying we should all just go balls to the wall and be reckless, but I think that we should just find in ourselves that it's okay to look forward to things. It's okay to plan for things and be excited and have some form of positivity enter your day each and every day. And so one last thing that I hope for our future is that we just continue to be healthy and happy and just treat the other people in our life, friends and family, as good as we can do. Yeah. Kind of tying into my next question, where do you feel like you're at in this season of life for yourself? Or what would you call this season of life? I would probably have to say I would call it my growing period. Yeah. I think going through that really changed me as a person. Right. I realized that I am very fortunate for the life that I do have. Yes. And the people that are in my life. Um, and so I guess this season I feel as though I have grown so much. What is your light and what drives you forward or what pushes you forward? I think just being there for people. I like being 
a part of your life, obviously. Yeah. Um, and friends and family, you know, whether we're experiencing something that's really fun and we're all happy or having real conversations like today. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that drives me is that I can continue to be in all of these people's lives and hopefully make a difference. At our wedding, we wrote our own vows, and at the end of mine, I said to you that day, and it's even more true now, I said, you are more beautiful today than ever before, and I'm excited to see your beauty grow as our life moves on. I'm excited to see the person you continue to become, the mother you'll be, the life we'll build together, and our journey together with God. It's no secret you are the love of my life, that's why we're here today. But more importantly, you are the light of my life. You are the light at the end of a long day that cheers me up. You are the light that fills my days with joy. You are the light that leads me out of darkness when times are tough. And you are the light that leads me back to God whenever I feel there is nowhere else to turn. Thank you for being my love and thank you for being my light. I loved you then, I love you now, and I'll love you till our last days. A tough but all too real conversation with Megan today. I am incredibly proud of her for talking about this with all of us. It was very much outside of her normal comfort zone, so she was very brave to be here today. Like we said earlier, we are very private, but through this chapter we have found that so many others have been through this as well, and we felt it's a healthy and necessary discussion that we needed to be a part of. We have been surrounded by nothing but love and positivity through our inner circle of family and friends through this entire process. We recognize that we are at the beginning of this journey to start a family and that many others have been on this path longer than us. We have recently joined you and our hearts are with you every step of the way. Thank you for listening.